0: And so whenever I'm trying to explain, oh, I work at a marketing agency, I work in public relations, what is that? (laughs) The best way I can explain it is that it, to me, like my my quick phrase, my elevator pitch, if you will, is that it's strategic word of mouth marketing. Welcome to the podcast where marketing gets personal. Broadcasting from Macklin, we'll be covering everything about our field from the totally topical to the utterly off topic. Let's see where it takes us this week on B2Me. Listeners, welcome to B2Me. This is the Macklin Marketing Podcast. Uh, Right now you're listening to Abby, that's me, and I am here with Lauren. Hey y'all. And we are the spin masters at Macklin. We work in public relations. From here on out for the rest of this episode, we are going to refer to ourselves as DJ Abby and DJ Lauren. What What? We dropped some mad beats. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the extent of my terrible pun jokes because I'm not funny at all. Um, but today we're going to talk about everything public relations. It's this very nebulous concept that a lot of people don't understand or have a hard time wrapping their brain around. So we're going to talk about what the heck is it, why does it benefit you and your business, tips and tricks, and maybe a couple of horror stories on the on the way. Absolutely. Wait, so I got to ask you, public relations, media
1: relations. I mean, everyone asks me, what do we want to be called? And I I have a strong opinion about this. Let's
0: take a step back and and define what public relations is. And I think it's a little bit different for everybody. Right. Um, I did Google the official definition. You are so prepared. I'm such an overachiever. I know. (laughs) Um, So this definition is from PRSA, which is Public Relations Society of America, if you don't know. And the definition of public relations is strategic communication processes that build mutually beneficial relationships between an organization and their public. Huh, Such a mouthful. Public. Such a
1: mouthful. Okay, I actually think that I'm that my very strong opinion, as you know me. I mean, I, my opinions are generally very strong. Yes. Um, I think that it falls into the appropriate category then, because public is certainly not just media.
0: Yeah, I think media is like a subset of public relations, in my opinion. As usual, we're in the same <sighs> brain space. We're always in the same brain, guys. Just so yes, you know. yes, um, yeah. Because like to me. PR always involves media, but media doesn't always involve PR. So that's how I wrap my brain around it. Okay, but wait, I actually
1: think PR doesn't always have to include PR. I'm sorry, uh, media. I think it could, meaning you would want media to, I think, um, uh, communicate what it is that you're doing from a PR standpoint. Sure. But you don't always have to have that. So for example... PR could also be, you know, internal communications with your company, right? And how you're perceived. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily know that you need the news to amplify that. That was the word I was looking for before.
0: But it's a method. It's a tool that you can, it's a lever you can pull. We're always talking about levers, guys, in terms of strategy.
1: Marketing (laughs) levers, the things we get into. It is riveting. Grab your popcorn. Don't fall asleep. Um, But yeah, so I, I strongly believe that when we're talking about earned media, I think it's media relations, like public relations, for example, I think is constantly thought of, well, not constantly, but I think there's this connotation that there's a press release and that you send it out and that media show up and that's PR. I I think PR is much larger and more, I guess, all encompassing because media relations is really where I'm trying to get earned media hits, earned media, side note definition, earned media is when I pitch something to a media outlet and they carry it for free and hopefully they they uh, communicate the correct message as opposed to advertising on a television station where they would give you a 30-second can spot. So that's what earned media relations is. And so that's what Abby and I really work on.
0: No, I totally, I, I love that approach to it. And, and to be quite frank, I never really struggled with this difference of terminology because I never knew that media relations was terminology until coming to Macklin and kind of coming to agency world. I think my previous PR life, past lives, positions that I've held, it's always just been referred to as PR and internal communications, which are kind of two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. I agree. Um, So when I got here and like my title is media relations account executive, I was like, I don't know why it says media. That's so weird to me. That's so
1: funny. (laughs) Yeah, but- Really, what, what we've been concentrating on since you've been working here, really, and fo- laser focused on is, is earned media. Yeah. And so really, you have been doing media relations. I would argue now, you know, we're doing a little bit more of integrated marketing. And so you're flexing outside of that. But I very much, you know, think about when, when you and I approach our clients, it's very much how can we get media to cover this story or this offer or this, you know, event
0: For me, whenever I meet new people and I try to explain my job, it's so difficult for them to wrap their brains around. And so whenever I'm trying to explain, oh, I work at a marketing agency, I work in public relations, what is that? (laughs) The best way I can explain it is that it, to me, like my my quick phrase, my elevator pitch, if you will, is that it's strategic word of mouth marketing.
1: I love that. Whether
0: that's, you know, internal or external, media-facing, not media-facing. Like, the way I describe it is, you know, when you feel like you're influenced by something, you know, you, everyday PR would be like, oh, I saw this really cool event on Instagram. It looks fantastic. I so want to go. I'm going to text the girls in the group chat. We should totally do this. This is fantastic. And then we decide to buy tickets and go. Right. That is... Everyday PR in my brain.
1: But that is not media relations.
0: Correct.
1: Interesting. I think we solved this problem. I think I'm going to go home for the day. I'm done. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Done. All good. I love it. We have a consensus. I love it. You know, our coworker Kate, she'd asked me that question and I changed my mind twice. And now I'm done changing my mind. What would Abby say?
0: I love that. Mm -hmm. Listeners, you heard it here first. (laughs) I always have the final say. This is fantastic. with me. I'm good with that. Um, so how do you think PR can benefit a business if we're taking, you know, that step into the agency role or like a strategic marketing role? How is PR something that could be considered essential for their marketing efforts?
1: Well, there's no doubt that it's essential. And before we get into how I think it could help a company, I think one of the most interesting things to me about PR is the ever-changing aspect of it, even since I started working two-plus decades ago. Um I was thinking about this recently everybody has become a journalist okay everybody has a phone you have you have the ability to record you have the ability to publish you have a platform you have social media you also have just the ability to send a video via text message to your family and, and that is publishing as well um and so it's interesting how i think you know probably two plus decades ago, I can't believe I had to say that and I'm saying it again. But when, when, when I started, it was much more controlled, I think is, is the message I would say there, that when you were getting a message out, there was very little opportunity for someone else to break the news. If you wanted to tell someone that a concert was coming or, or a community, you could do it in a really controlled fashion. I was listening to NPR um, and, and an interesting podcast, a Freakonomics podca- podcast, I believe. I, don't, I hope I don't copyright that or, or misquote it. I think that's where it was, but it was about sports and how sports oh, in the Olympics and because of the time zone and how sports, when you're in a different time zone, given the world we live in now, that's not the same sort of Olympics experience that we would have had two decades ago where no one would have known what happened oh, halfway wow. around the world. And so ratings are going to be higher yeah. and you're not going to tweet out and you're not expected, well, now it's expected to tweet out. If you don't update, you know, your Instagram or your your Twitter or your website or some sort of communication, it's like it didn't happen. Where that was not how it was during, you know, the Olympic Games of, of you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and we used to do um, these... Live, I worked at a company where we did live televised events, but they were tape delayed by one hour because of the time slot I believe that we had. And I can remember distinctly there was one event where I realized it doesn't matter what time this airs on XYZ station, there are 4,000 people in the stands with phones. They're going to know who wins this sports contest, whether oh, wow. they watch or not. And so that goes back to, I think the beginning of what I was saying is that our jobs have changed so oh, yeah. much, you know, obviously everything has changed for everyone. Um, but to me, it's how it's changed in the role that it plays now is completely different than the role that it played before. I, I used to fax information back yeah. to people and that was the way they received yeah. information. I realized that made me the oldest person by far in the building, but to me that. That is something you have to recognize, and I think that getting back to your original question, when you think about PR and the role it plays in, for clients, it's it's sometimes hard to keep up because what role is it? Is it internal and external communications? How are we communicating? Should we have a social media um, presence? Should we not? I, you know, I think that there's all those questions that sort of baseline. Everybody's trying to catch up a little bit throughout. really corporate America yeah I don't know if you agree with that but that's kind of how I
0: think well in a lot of ways I think that PR is now like a customized experience because we are in such an immersed storytelling world that's the best way I can describe it like everybody like you said is their own storyteller so you have to be able to be firing on all cylinders in all directions at all times yes um and that's kind of crazy to figure out where do you lean in when and I think that's where the strategy portion of PR comes in right and how you lean in but that never even clicked in my brain that like the Olympics now compared Mm -hmm. to 10, 15, 20 years ago is a completely different media experience. That's wild to me.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and obviously tune in and uh, live sports obviously are one of the only, um, uh, you know, opportunities where I think advertisers are probably still getting their bang for their buck because people are, are tuning in and not fast forwarding it, right. Or not streaming, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's just interesting when, when you, when you think about that and think about the value of your offering whether it's olympics whether what what are you offering and who's telling your story and people are not waiting until the 10 o'clock news to tell that story they're telling that story you just said it immersive storytelling
0: yeah an immersive storytelling world that's it immersive i think
1: i'd add an adjective um ongoing
0: immersive
1: storytelling because like you said, something can happen in the middle of the night, and if it hits Twitter, you can wake up to a, a you know what storm and yeah. be like, wow, you know this. I gotta, I gotta get to work before you might have had until the six o'clock news or maybe even the nine a.m. news to to take care of that. But it's just it's a different um it's a
0: different way, you know, different yeah I don't know, different well, approach. And I, I think that's fantastic though that you touched on it because this is a really great segue into all the different levers that we pull now and th- maybe those right. aren't necessarily the same levers we would pull 10 20 years ago right. but w- w- depending on how you wake up and what you know what storm hits at 8 a.m right. do you correct that through the news through website through a blog through social media like are you leveraging influencers are you doing pop-up event activations for a crisis communication or something right. else like there are so many different avenues that you can take that I don't think fully existed. 100 a decade
1: ago 100 and and you have to have a lot of trust right a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of things that we do in the earned media world is we trust that we provide the right information to a producer and that producer if you're going to hit tv for example that producer gets the information of the talent and then you hope that they appropriately communicate that yeah. right but we have to almost let go you like to you it's you take your precious messaging and say, please take care of this message and and don't, don't invert something that makes it not what I wanted it to be. So I don't, I don't really know where, where we were going with that but it's it's a trust thing right when you get into that earned media but like you said you also have to trust if you're putting things out there the public that you're not telling your story as much
0: yeah and it's all making sure that you have that clear concise messaging when you release that you know that baby bird flies out of the nest and you hope that it lands appropriately I think that's the biggest thing in PR we always talk about how PR is such a rush yes like when you're pitching and you secure a placement on a tv station or a live hit or whatever it is you just get this rush of adrenaline and endorphins and you're so excited and then it's like oh okay I got to make sure I get the message right and everything's buttoned up and I send it off and I hope and all my fingers and toes are crossed that they're going to translate it appropriately and say it as is and it's going to help hopefully you know drive traffic or create brand awareness or get somebody interested in this story in this business that we're talking about.
1: Yeah you know the interesting thing you talked about too is um we're kind of in sales and a little bit. Yeah. We're selling concepts. We're selling, we want portions of your airtime. We want portions of this. And so you're selling an idea and you're not selling them, you know, a straw. You're not selling them a cup. You're selling them concepts or ideas and you have to trust that they're going to do with it. What, they will a lot like like with influencer marketing too, not just media relations.
0: Yeah, you you definitely have to understand the nuance and the power of persuasion. I, I tell a lot of people, and we've had this conversation a lot, that PR is something that you can definitely, you know, take classes in. I personally don't have a degree in any marketing or public relations related field. But I think Still that blows it's, my mind. it's about you're a natural. It's about persuasion it's about storytelling it's about excellent communication and at the end of the day I always believe this is a mantra I carry in my personal life but also my professional life that for good PR I really think you got to have Hustle, and you got to have heart.
1: Absolutely, because that's
0: what's going to get down to the essence of that story that you're trying to convey.
1: Don't you think the hustle though has to be a little bit of a a art and not science? Meaning, you got to know when to call the right producers. You got to know when to hit the right people at the right time. Right, and if you know that you followed up twice and they haven't reached back out to you, you might know with that one person (laughs) you could go one more time, but then you're not going to get answered ever again. It's that it's a fine line of a it's a little bit of a dance, right?
0: Oh, whole. Heartily. and sometimes you know when you first starting to learn new moves you're yes. like I don't know how this is gonna go but and sometimes you great payments right come from yeah. some risks right yeah. reward I should say wholeheartedly yeah wholeheartedly okay what's your craziest PR story oh do we have time I think we have time we could we could, have, we could go we could go time. for days talking crazy <laughs> PR stories but we'll sh- we'll each share one okay. and then we'll wrap it up okay um so Before I came to Macklin, this is a couple of past lives ago, I was in the marketing department working as their PR supervisor at an amusement park. Um, And you may be able to figure out which amusement park it is, depending on if you Google the location of Macklin. But one of the craziest experiences was doing live TV interviews on a roller coaster. Mm. And it was like we had hired this production crew. They did a camera rig. They had... um, a, a satellite truck there to do like live on the rides. We patched in all the news stations. We scheduled the interviews, and we would get on the ride. I would sit in one seat. The anchor reporter would sit in the seat right beside me, and the ride would go. We'd start lifting off. I would explain the facts about the ride, and as we got to the top, I'm trying to do this interview and not scream and not cry <laughs> and not get sick and all these things. And these reporters are trying to have interview questions with me too, and they they all struggled. They could not. They could not carry an interview. It was kind of hilarious but that was definitely a trial by fire because that was one of the first real like PR TV facing media placement things I ever did not having a degree in this me learning on the job it just shows you were willing to take a risk because I have to be honest I think there's
1: seasoned veterans out there that would not do it on a roller coaster it's
0: hard that media tour morning I think I rode that coaster and did interviews 22 times in one morning. Oh my
1: goodness. How did you even, were you like dizzy for the rest of the day? Oh yeah.
0: I slept for like hours afterwards. (gasps) I was, and I was still spinning when I was laying down. It was nuts. That is (laughs) totally crazy. It was, it was was a good time. What's yours. Oh my gosh. You have so many.
1: Mm, Well, when you're old like me and you've worked, maybe you have some crazy stories. Um, I don't know. You know, I actually was trying to think about that in advance. And I think one of my craziest experiences was probably my first job because I think I was so naive about where I was and what I was doing, but I was working. I was really lucky and I got to work at the salt Lake, uh, 2002 winter Olympics. And oh my, gosh, yes. my venues were the opening and closing ceremonies. And, you know, it was my first job out of college and it was such an incredible experience. I mean, lifelong friends and learned so much. Um, it's funny there were so many of us that were really so young and I think that we didn't realize that the world was quite literally watching yeah. you know uh, us and so it, my parents came to see me one time and there was this outing right and it was this like bowling get together or whatever and they just laughed they're like if the world knew these crazy <laughs> like the Olympics um, but anyway I think my most I was gonna say my most most profound, I think PR experience was opening ceremonies, and it was right after nine eleven and there had been a lot of talk about the games not happening. and we had really sat down and reworked all of our plans um, wow. from a safety standpoint. The President of the United States at that time wanted to attend, and that was lovely and awesome and scary and letting secret service in yeah. and it was just um it was a true symbolic moment really for the world especially for our country obviously and um i can i can remember at the end um we had a a press conference for mike rizzioni and um the 1980 uh usa hockey team uh they were the secret um uh torch the ones who lit the torch at the end okay. right and so they were there and then um we had the five rings of the olympics were all represented by these incredible people okay and and i don't really remember each one right now i need to go back but i know like steven spielberg was there representing the arts and jacques Cousteau's daughter was there and kathy wow. freeman was there and there were these people and, and i'd set up you know a dais and set up the malt box and you know ready to go and our team was ready to go and i can just remember Standing in the back and having – everybody has, they call it, their moment, like their Olympic moment, and that, I think, was my moment. Like, oh, my – oh, my goodness. What did we just do? And it's funny because it was done, right? The opening ceremonies, it was finished, but it was this moment of, like, wow. like. So that's probably my my most profound, looking and thinking – Where where we had been our country everything we'd been through where we had you know we'd been able to pull off the games and then the excitement of the games to come and the symbolic aspect of it I think that's probably the most profound so not to get too serious but that was the moment where I was like oh my gosh this is insane I remember my boss pulled me aside and he said just so you know all jobs are not going to be like this (laughs) and I was like what do you mean (laughs) right um so we were sort of blissfully ignorant so I don't know if that's too long of a story but that's 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 my moment thinking, this is very cool. And I love that the world gets to see what happened because of the things that we're
0: working on. That's fantastic though. I mean, one, I think, I think both of our stories speak to, uh, the, the need to pivot and be flexible all the time, but also like the way that you tell that story is very evocative of that moment. Obviously I wasn't there, but That's what PR is. It's participating in a moment. It's creating a moment. Yes. It's planning for a moment, adjusting to a moment.
1: Well, and it's it's interesting when you talk about that, and this is kind of a side note, but we set up um, uh, photographic positions for photojournalists for the opening ceremonies, and you can imagine... There's, we had 1,600 written in photographic press that we were planning for. So you wow. can't all be at the same position, yeah. right? And so there's pool photographers who then they're, um, they were set up. There was like eight positions, I believe. And and you're thinking about this. So we used to do it to under the ski jump. Um, in the, the prime position, one of them is right under the ski jump when the ski jumpers jump out and you get that iconic shot. I'm sure everybody's seen. Um, and and when you think about it, the the role of media was so important and in, in getting the message out, right. Yeah. And, and keeping the secret of Ruzioni and, and making sure that, you know, nobody knew this. And that was actually something you could do back then. This was in 2002. I mean, it, it feels not that long ago, but it kind of was. And, and now obviously just knowing that like that, that tool is so important, right. To, um, yeah. like you said, to help capture a moment and those things can be, um, Obviously, there's a great book about, you know, the 13 pictures all children should know, right? And that's because of media, media relations, so...
0: Hire us as your DJs. We are here to be your masters of spin. I'm just saying. Yes. Waka waka waka. It's important. (laughs) Did that date me? A little bit. A little (laughs) bit. But uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode talking about all things PR, public relations. We could go on for days about this. Maybe we'll come back with a couple other crazy stories. But uh, until next time. Keep you spinning.